Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Saints radio broadcast on the last day of August. I am so glad to be leaving the month of August from the standpoint of I know your birthday that's a highlight and it's a diamond in the middle but we have really seen some climactic things happen in this month that I never would have imagined we'd see and you know in in the past years we've talked about how the enemy seems to try to plant plan strategy in August and we we asked the Lord to just stop that and um, it's coming out of those speak those headphones so clamp them together um, so I'm grateful to be uh, entering into the month of uh, September tomorrow and um, so thankful to the Lord for his kindness. Amen? Amen. And September is the month of our seminar. And we have first Saturday prayer this coming Saturday. And I believe that we're we're walking together into a time of great impartation from the throne I feel that God has been preparing us in so many ways over the past many years we've been in the school of, uh, of the Lord like the Apostle Paul was and the Lord has been teaching us many things and now we will continue to learn but it will be uh, a time of applying those things that he's taught us and we've been I hope made ready <laughs> of course you're never you're never really ready you know you you always face a a scenario recognizing that it's a walk of faith so a walk of faith declares into you and gives you an assignment but it's still a walk and so you you can prepare for the walk but you can't prepare for what you'll face in the walk otherwise it wouldn't be faith right well, sometimes I think in life, it takes us to, you know, it takes us stepping up to the plate, not knowing if we're going to hit the ball, <laughs> and actually applying ourselves with all that we are to actually hit the ball and, and run a homer. I was talking to a friend this morning about, about children, and and they were telling me that maybe being married about a year, they keep waiting to be ready to have children. And I said, well, let me just tell you something. I said, I, I don't know if you ever feel like you're completely ready to have a baby, to have a child. And I, I think about Anna and, and just talking with her over the last couple of weeks as she prepares for her delivery tomorrow. And even though she's already been through this process once with Benjamin, there's still a measure of trepidation where you don't feel like you're ready to enter into that season where you have, where you've birthed something and you actually have to function in the process of it. And so I, I totally hear what you're saying, but I think it's so important that our hearts are postured and I, I was thinking about this in prayer this morning just about the seminar because I, I know one of the things that has really been a, a challenge for me over this month and I know that it's it's a spiritual thing but I really struggle with focus I mean I feel like my focus is being contended for and 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 it's it's 
I mean, we all struggle in different ways with focus, but I mean, it's been something that's been above and beyond what the normal challenge might be that I might have when I, I try to focus. And I, I know that it's everything that's going on. I know there's so many different variables that play into that that can cause your mind and, and to, to, to be distracted. But, you know, I was thinking about this gathering and I was thinking, okay, we're like two weeks away. And I know we're going to do some things on Tuesday leading into Wednesday to the launch of the seminar, but I feel like each one of us has a responsibility to be before the Lord these next few weeks to really cleanse ourselves and, and really prepare ourselves for the fullness of what we're stepping into so that we are not distracted, so that we don't let those distractions come in and hinder us from actually our yes before the Lord. And I mean, I was, I mean, I was preaching to myself um, about what I need to do, whether it's fasting or commit myself to, um, I don't know, whatever that, whatever that is. And so I don't know if anybody else has been struggling with that, but um, I can just feel the enemy really trying to to get me off course and when I really try to to hone in and focus and that's just not normal I mean it's normal to a certain degree of course but so we talk about having single vision and I guess you could look at any number of scriptures but I just feel like he wants us to to really present ourselves you know maybe it's present ourselves as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable for the reasonable service. I mean, I think that whatever it means for, for each one of us. So, anyway, I kind of segued from... No, I think, that's, I think that's a prophetic directive. I think we need to be before the Lord this week. And, of course, we're presenting. We've already... It should be... Uh, it was formulated today for what our objective is for this Saturday, for First Saturday. But I think we need to be before the Lord to see what throughout the next week and the days of the following week leading up to people coming here. And of course, Tuesday, whatever that's going to entail of seminar week, we need to hear from the Lord is what we would like to offer before the saints for what we do before the Lord next week and then leading into the week of um, travel. Because I don't, you know, I, a seminar is is always a time of, it's always a convocation and a time where we come and we present ourselves before the Lord and we, we receive a fresh commissioning and we are unified and galvanized together to move forward together. But I just, I mean, I, I just don't feel like it's going to be business as usual. Mm-mm. I feel like this is, our marching orders are going to, I don't want to say there's a shift. There's a there's a demand. And 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 it, it it you know the beauty of the Lord is that his demand upon us always comes with our choice. A choice and I feel like there's a choice that each one of us will make. Are we are we going to you know are we saying yes? and and to whatever that looks like to whatever that costs and and I don't mean to sound dour or anything like that this is incredible I mean these are this is the greatest calling anybody can have but I just feel like there's there's something very um, significant about this and whether or not you're actually going to be here on the grounds in the house or gathering with us online, it's it, it matters not. This, I mean, I just feel like the Lord's going to honor you wherever you are, wherever, and and we're going to do our best to connect saints from around the world in the midst. And so, it's exciting. Yeah. Excuse me, I got distracted. No. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's do that. Yeah, you, you'll you'll be getting a uh, an invitation for 
September 4th, this coming Saturday, and then be prepared to um, to present some form of a of an offering to the Lord next week, and hopefully we can be able to present a prophetic suggestion uh, by this weekend. I hesitate to do anything now. No, and I think that, I mean, that's wonderful. And I know that the king calls the fast, and I know that those are significant, absolutely powerful, significant seasons. Um, But I think that, you know, each one of us before the Lord to hear him and to feel that draw into just you before the Lord to say yes I will make that sacrifice I will lay this down I will do whatever it is that he requires of you just you and him is is also very powerful I mean just the, that obedience where nobody else you know there's no accolades there's no it's it's just you before him and you know sometimes those are the hardest but those are sometimes the most effective so I didn't say all that for you to feel like you had to. No, I, I, I just know there are people listening to us, and whatever word you say, they're saying, okay, what is this? Yeah. We know that happens. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And the Lord may very clearly give a directive through you or. Well, he'll, he'll do yeah. something. Yeah. But for right now, we know that this coming Saturday is first Saturday. And it's a, you know, all the seminars that. God has blessed us to enjoy together either here or in other parts of our country or in other parts of the world and they're I don't know goodness I don't know how many probably close to a hundred seminars internationally and nationally which is an amazing thing um, I, I don't I don't remember one that was like this from the standpoint of we're coming for a sacred gathering that God is going to be releasing impartation and commissioning for assignments that have to do with the time of the end. I mean, we, we've, we've come before we've received. We've come before we've been imparted to. We've come before we've been taught. Every time God brings pneumonicos meat and, and progressive direction. And insight and instruction. You know, I was speaking to, you found my little cheat sheet, which was uh, a scripture in Jeremiah where it says that God wanted to give pastors of his heart who would feed the people with wisdom and understanding. And that's, that's what we've been receiving from God. He has shepherded us in his heart to learn and to understand and that's that's the essence of what God has been doing as our chief shepherd and now I feel it's whatever this means it's time and so it, it we should have a measure of sanctity and um contrition before the Lord as we approach this. We should be washed. We should be um, readied as as we come. You know, and, and you know this, and I've mentioned this from the pulpit, but um, throughout my years in the church and, and in ministry, I have been aware of of prophetic teaching about the end time but I've really stayed away from it usually because although it's wonderful to study the word the deductions that make would be adjusted over and over again it's kind of like listening to a Biden press conference what he says this week is going to change next week and then they're going to say no we didn't say that and then then this happens and that's that's my political statement for today
<laughs> we got it. <laughs> but, but, we heard it. <laughs> but, you know, with that being said, these past couple of weeks, the spirit has just absolutely been inundating me with thoughts about end time scripture and fresh viewpoints of meaning based upon the pneumonicos understanding God has already given us. And that means something. It's what we said last week that the pathway itself draws um, the light of the word. And you, you step, you, you do, and then you teach. So you're willing to do, you're willing to go, you're willing to step out of the boat, you're willing to step your feet into the water. And then as you do that in obedience, God gives you insight and experience and understanding. So I believe we've stepped into a time frame. I think for the past few months, God's been talking about this feast. And we are we're, we're going to have some, some really interesting and clear insights. It's about function. It's not so much about foretelling. And, I, and with all respect to, to the diligent studies that have been offered over the decades, um, every one of those deductions was made to the best of their knowledge on where they were and what God allowed them to see in their dispensation and I mean I, I understand that and we've said we've said this before about various teachers not necessarily about the end times you you know a person has a particular anointing in a certain thing and when that teacher or leader steps out from that anointing and starts pontificating on other things very often those other things are suspect and you think, well, you have a skill here. I don't really trust what you're saying over here because it doesn't align up with Scripture. And the beauty of what you referenced regarding our calling is that our entire perspective is as an intercessor the seeking after the heart of God to receive pneumaticos, uh understanding and wisdom and and that is a progressive measure of ministering to the Lord and hearing from him and uh, to me we don't try to get out of our element we, we, we don't try to speak on things that God hasn't anointed us to speak on now agreeable I agree to the fact that over this past month I have at times expressed my opinions on things that are happening in our country. I think those are pretty obvious, but um, I have to keep reminding myself to stay to stay in my hit zone, you know, to stay where we are effective and where we're called to be and so we just we just have to follow the Lord when he leads us and we try to be obeying and we try to obey and we try to learn what he's saying at that time frame and then we speak on that but it's been for the purpose of preparing us and it's been for the purpose of building a pneumaticos library of understandings that we're now being drawn upon to apply and through them through that vantage, we can interpret. So, I think that I think there's a real fine line between, and I and I've seen the church fall into this. I mean, just I don't hear a lot. I don't. But you can sense a lot if you have your ears the least bit open. If you, and granted, you know, we've got social media and it's just blasting from so many different directions, so many different voices. And 
you know, that's one of the ways I think that when the Lord starts addressing this, you know, are you distracted? That is a huge one is, you know, perhaps for me, I fast social, all social media, you know, I, and I'm not saying that's what the Lord's telling me to do. I'm just saying, be careful what you expose yourself to on the reg. You know what I mean? Because it can just absolutely inundate you with, um, but there's such a fine line between, and you talked about this on Sunday, you know, we, we know what we see going on around our world, we know the source of it and it's sin. I mean, there's no other way. Yes, iniquity, but it is sin. You know, you want to call it what it is, it's sin. It's missing the mark. It's, it's across the board. And it's so easy to let that be our focus. It's so easy to hone in on that and let that be our conversation and let that be the narrative of the day. And, and you know, I realize that there's just such a fine line between the weightiness of that and the reality of that and, and what we have. And that is the Savior. We have the King of Saints. We have, we have the understanding of the remedy. And so what comes out of my mouth, if my mouth is constantly declaring the reality of what we're living in and the, you know, the, the manifestation of sin on the earth, and I'm not taking, using my voice to connect with the King of Saints and intercession and and blessing and whatever it is that in intercession that is the only answer we have. I mean, it's, well, he is. I mean, he's the only answer to what plagues our earth. And so I just think that as nomadicos ones and as ones that are walking in the spirit, we have to be so sensitive to not let the narrative of the day be plagued with what we see in the natural even though what we see in the natural the root of that is is the demonic and the evil the sin and all of that and so um, it's just something that's really been like almost like a checkpoint for me in my spirit over the last week or two that you know where is my mind you know and what am I focusing on what am I thinking of am I thinking about how the enemy is just makes it look like we've lost makes it look like we don't have a hand in this, makes it look like all is lost in our country? Or am I keeping my eyes and my voice lifted up to the one who is sovereign over all of it and letting that be my focus? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so I, I totally hear you because, I mean, he's the only one that can wash the sins away. <laughs> But he did put us on this earth to be light. And and I don't know, Pastor. It, it's just the most interest it's just the most interesting days I think I've ever known. I think any of us in so many different ways. And how we navigate through is talk about the remnant, talk about precision. I mean, we have got to and that's another thing. I mean, yeah, we're a remnant, but we got God. So we're the majority. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just the way it is. You know what I'm saying? It's like it looks like the it looks like the enemy has won. When we look, we read and we just observe the craziness. Yet we're serving the King of Saints. We're we're serving the Most High God. We're serving the one that is sovereign over all of this. And I don't know how it's going to turn out. I just know that we're going to be obedient to the end and see the king on his throne. And I just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, that that's interesting, that the business about sin, because I think when I was growing up in the church, I, I conceived that sin was a list of things that I had done wrong and so 
and then you know when you read the scripture it says all have sinned hmm. and come short of the glory of God that means as well as other scriptures that when a child is born under this earth they're they're in sin even those little innocent children but when you recognize that sin in the scripture is not necessarily an action it is it is a missing of what should be and so hamartia in the new testament is missing the mark and in the old testament as we talked about on sunday it is either setting a different level than what god wants or not or not coming up to the level of his expectation and so the forgiveness of sins in the old testament nasa was literally to lift to lift us into this place so when the lord washes us by his blood and cleanses us from sin and from all unrighteousness what does that really mean by the blood you know we know that the blood of jesus is an empowering it is a sprinkling yes it's a cleansing yes it's a it's a purging but you know their sins were a scarlet they're made as white as snow but that blood is more than a cleansing agent for us it's an empowering agent throughout eternity we're going to be empowered by the blood we're going to see the patterns in the heavens sprinkled by the blood you know it it touches our 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 evil the, the the dark evil conscience and causes us to think properly so the blood empowers us to meet the mark of god and to cleanse us from all the other things where we've gone after other vision where we've pursued other 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 aspects and so i think as we see sin all around us we we view it as people not following what god has plainly said his mark his his um his acceptable measure you know to him that knows to do right and does not do it that's sin it's it's it it doesn't say to him that knows to do right and does something else that's sin it says if you know this is what god is expecting and you don't meet that measure if you choose not to meet that measure that's sin you're missing the mark you're not in that that level and so for us with sin all around us i i believe that you know we ask the lord help us to stay constant by your blood with what you are requiring and help us not to miss the mark and i i just think there's there's a there's a really unique nuance of the blood of jesus and the the whole idea of of having having sin washed that that maybe we've not really looked at it's it's not just a a red squeegee that that removes all the things we've done wrong it's it's that god has this commission and this is what we he expects of us and it's a wonderful thing he created us for this and anything not that is sin and so we need the empowerment of that blood uh not in a backward way but in a forward way to keep walking in the power of his sprinkling so that we can do what god requires and that's why jesus was without sin because he was continually doing the will of the father he didn't fail in one aspect everything that he did was not even though he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin he did not miss the mark that's what we need to be and that's what i'm i know you would share that sentiment i i want that i don't want to miss what god is asking us to do
I don't want to miss what he's asking me to do. And the power of the blood is not a remedial thing. It's to, for me, it's not a, oh man, what did I do last week? You know, that I wasn't good. You know, I, I thought a wrong thought or I, I, um, I knocked over the piggly wiggly. So I got to get the, I got to get God to forgive me and wash all that away because it's a smudge. You know, the, the, the issue for me is that I should be doing these other things rather than that. Anyway, I'm just rambling. No, here. no, and I, I want to bookmark that comment that you just made. But before we do, I, I, not before we do, but before we talk about that, I, w- I want to just apply this because I feel like, you know, we talk about the judgment and burning. Yeah. You know, I always look at the judgment and burning as, you know, God has a standard. And that standard is what you're talking about. It's that, it's that, yeah. Yeah. And so you, you look at the judgment and burning of the Lord and how we press into that dimension of his ways. And, and then you've got the fire that burns away to propel us into the grace it just all works so perfectly yeah. if we just surrender to it. You know what I mean? And so I, I love that, and I think um, it's such. It's not. It's not only a, t- a touch point. It's a point of. It's a point of momentum, that then pushes us into grace to then carry on with the cycle of his will and his plan and his perfect ways and yeah. yeah well you think about think about this famous verse if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us there's from judgment and burning right there there's that but what does faithful and just mean he's he's welcoming us to his throne in faith and he's presenting us with righteous vision of his purpose. That's how he welcomes us when we confess that we've missed the mark. And then he, the, the cleansing is for past things that where we operated in another vision or we didn't measure up. It's not just a, a tally of, of bad things we did. Mm-mm. It's his standard. Yeah, the and faithful and just one. That's where the beauty of of our identity as saints comes in and just the process of the hagios, the just that process that he allows us to endure and to overcome through is to become to become holy mm-hmm. to become like him to become and so the bookmark is you know you were talking about how most people view sin as what did I do wrong you know did I hit up the piggly wiggly this week or did I smoke a whatever people smoke <laughs> you know whatever people consider yeah. that comes out of their sin for a lot of people like in this coming generation it's oh dare I say this on the air I've just heard so many testimonies about young people overcoming pornography and I know that's like we don't want to talk about that but that because of I think the internet and the open door that our young people have had access to oh my goodness yeah it's it's a constant source of overcoming for them and so for them that's sin i mean i think that would if you like literally surveyed a hundred young people and said what is your biggest sin and your you know that you struggle with they would probably say pornography probably i don't know that for sure i've just heard so many testimonies working with young people but I was just having a conversation with some of the young people just recently and you know they were talking about there's two different schools of thought there's because we have a sin nature are we always going to be dealing with our sin do you walk every day having to overcome your sin and so they asked me this and so I'm sitting there thinking about it like what what sins am I challenged with now it could be covetousness or it could be idolatry or it could be any number of subtle things that I think we all deal with but in general I think my heart and you'd probably say the same is geared towards saintliness holiness walking like him and so 
it's not like I think about that all the time. It's not like something that I think about every day, like, oh, Lord, forgive me of this sin or that sin or this sin. And so I'm thinking this, and I'm thinking, and then I think about the scripture that says, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So what is it? Can we walk a sin in our heart? Do we have the capacity through the Holy Spirit that's within us by the cleansing of the blood to walk a pure life? Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think that, again, it's all about what we should be doing. And you overcome evil with good. Like, for all have sinned. And what? Come, come short. Short of the glory of God. You don't come up to the standard of partnering with God and his purpose. And that, that's always what it's about. And so sin is not necessarily... Is, uh, the, a sign of sin is people doing things that they shouldn't do. But the essence of sin is that they're, they're not measuring up by their own desire and purpose to what God is requiring. It's like the old-timey revivals where people would come and come up to the altar and Lord forgive me of my sin make me your child and then they get up and nobody teaches them anything at all about how to meet the mark of God how to grow in the Lord and fulfill their purpose how to be that child that then grows into sonship and to, to know what God wants and to do that they, they leave that altar and they think, okay, here's your Bible. Now, just don't do bad things. Okay, so let's overlap that scripture that says, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the, the flesh. The lust of the flesh. Or yeah. the lust of the flesh. How does that overlay? Because if you fulfill the lust of the flesh, you're not meeting the mark. Well, yeah, lust is, a, lust is, a, is an uncontrolled passion. It's, it's, like, it's like the breath of iniquity. It, it drives somebody with the strengths God has given them toward something that is kind of a perversion of a God gift within them. So if Jesus said to us, be holy as I am also holy, would he not have, I mean, would he have said that to us if that was not attainable? If that was going to be some just something that was always going to frustrate us because we could never attain a measure of holiness well we we keep striving for that like the like the woman that was um that was caught by people in in the act and they were ready to stone her and jesus is writing things in the sand and and then he says um you know go and sin no more who's without sin who, who, who has never missed the mark? What was that woman doing? She was... Fulfilling the last of She was unfulfilled. Yeah. And, and she was doing something based upon a desire within herself, but it didn't fulfill her. Mm -hmm. And so he says, I'm not going to condemn you. Go and stop missing the mark. Which is basically the same thing he said to the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. Here, how many husbands did she have? Mm -hmm. I mean, and the one she was with wasn't her husband, he said. And she goes running around the city saying, did she say, oh, come and hear this guy who told me how I'd screwed up my life and, and um, uh, you know, really condemned me. No, <laughs> she said, come see a man that told me everything I've ever done and and gave me a purpose and, and so to me I think that one of the main ways that people can overcome lust and sin is by finding the true but then you have to police that because it's like like with Cain Jesus said if you do what you're supposed to do the tobe you'll be accepted you'll be fulfilled but if you don't Sin is crouching mm -hmm. down low at the door, and you're going to serve it, and it's going to serve you, 
and it's going to be kind of like a, a a pusher and a and an addict yeah one feeds the other so there's no solution because you know there are wages of sin there are pleasures in sin for a season so you got wages and pleasures and people people enjoy those pleasures they enjoy the wages but what you've got to do is if you recognize this is really hurting me Mm -hmm. this is destroying me I, I was made for something better than this I think I think for me is is I realize that it separates me from the Lord and and I mean we all struggle with certain things subtle whatever they might be and I I mean I for one can tell you that I am nothing but I mean I'm nothing without his blood without without him but with him we are we have the incredible privilege to pursue holiness and to walk like that and I I can I'm always sensitive whenever I allow things I mean even if it's like the cares of this world not that that's going to be a sin but things that allow me that disrupt my my pursuit yeah that that disrupt my my focus and my devotion and maybe that's we started off talking about that I mean maybe that's some of the things the Lord wants to deal with is you know what are your what are what do you care you know what are your arms full of what I forgot how you put it that one time where you were carrying the bags and right yeah I mean what what is keeping you from from him and not that he holds himself back from us but that is one thing that sin will do in your life is it separates us from the Lord and just from that just that pure pursuit and I don't want any of that stuff yeah I, I just I don't I know none of us do well you know you have you have then things that that get control of people in sin you, you either have an addiction like if 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 there's something there's a reaction chemically or something like that that then people long for like addiction yes yeah or you have demonic involvement yeah where the enemy comes you know and jesus talked in matthew 24 about the man of sin being revealed in these days the man who misses the mark the man who makes a different you know in in you know i think that's the enemy has carpet bombed the word and over the past few years in the progressive church and you know all truth is god's truth and you know you hear oprah talk and everybody has their own truth well i'm sorry that's the description of sin everybody has their own measuring stick and anything that's right for you a loving god will accept well that's that's a lie that's that's the man of sin and so you've got young people and many others who who are are just they're they're lost because they they're following all these other these other things and like pornography i remember i I, and i'm grateful i never i never was that never was an appealing thing to me but i knew a lot of guys that would get magazines and hide them usually from their dad but sometimes they got them from uncles or whatever they'd hide them sometimes they'd hide them out in the woods or they'd hide them in their room but usually moms would find them in the room so they'd hide them places right now they everybody carries a little device in their hand Mm -hmm. and they can pull up worse stuff than that Mm -hmm. at any time Mm -hmm. well that that fuels youthful lusts Mm -hmm. it 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 touches places in in our psyche that to to a certain degree for young people gives them insight concerning something that was a great mystery to them and and secondly provides a measure of of um trying to think of a clean word a a measure of stirring that is kind of a 
something that is not supposed to be stirred in that environment. And um, and so I, only the power of the Lord and the and the good. Now that sounds like one of the Billy Joel songs, you know. Rather laugh with the sinners and cry with the saints, you know. Catholic girls, you know. He he would every other other song he would write something and sing something about that. And you know, saying what well, what do you want to do? You know, you're going to die young, so just enjoy life because you're going to be told not to enjoy these things. Well, I I can tell you as a big pastor for many many years that so many people who who gave themselves they they have nothing to show for it except for scars and wounds and then you know it's like Mary Magdalene who who we don't know what she really was you know, the, the early church fathers said she was a prostitute but we don't really know that but somehow she had seven devils and um, I kind of think that it was more of a soothsaying thing. But, you know, like even now, there are, there are demons that appeal to people who, whose path, the pathway that, that, um, that the enemy gains access with is, is th- their willfulness. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to do whatever they want to do. They have spiritual giftings, but they want to use them in whatever way they want. Well, they're already in sin. They're not using them in conjunction with what God has called them to do. And they ignore scriptures. And then the next stage is they'll say, well, the scripture's not true. I have all these other people who say, you know, they have an interpretation of scripture that's different. And then we have these other texts that were found that shine a better light on what the scripture's really saying. And so then the enemy gains access and they become they become following a false prophet. So but but the main thing and I, I can't believe we've done boy, we must be close to a move of the spirit. We've we've chitted and chatted all about sin this time. Yeah, that that was not planned. No, it wasn't. <laughs> that was the last thing on my on my part. Yeah. But but I really do think that as we're entering into the end time and the man of sin, the man of lawlessness, you have the man of sin and the, and the lawlessness, no law, which basically both of them says that how can you really know what God really wants? Is there really a God? And, you know, what is right for, for men and women? It's good that we talk about what sin really is because it's it's missing the mark and it's coming below the glory of God and it's it's being aligned with things that are not God's best not baby that's that's a nebulous term not God's best can can mean you have gradual gradual points of of serving him well you know lord i i did this a bit you know it wasn't best but it's it's in there we've got to hit the mark We've got to fulfill an obedience. So if if you know to do good and don't do it, it's sin. The antidote for that is to know what God is saying and to do it. And then that eradicates sin. So that so why does sin keep people from God? Well, from from the standpoint of what we've been talking about, it's that how can you be before God if you're not willing to do what he wants? If you're going to come before the almighty God and have no desire to do what he's saying, why are you there? How can he communicate with you? How can he speak to you? If you've got different standards or if you're serving other standards rather than what he wants. And so... I, I think that as as wide open as this topic is, the 
the central point of it is something that God's going to be imparting to us during this feast that he's going to emblazon us with his seal how do we have the seal of God how do we have the seal of God on our foreheads what is that seal anyway is it just a ring that presses on wax well that's not going to do as much is it just authority oh I've got the seal give us the scroll bop there we go that's the seal what is the seal of God the Lord knows those that are his how does God know that we're his we're moving in his authority on behalf of what he's asked us to do and the true seal of God is somewhat of a a spiritual compass point it's a vectoring that we are honed in on whatever he wants that good and faithful servant um, anyway so God needs to give us that mm. we want to do what he wants but in in rough seas where there's 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 no sign of the stars and no sign of the light we've got to have that burning direction of desire to know what God wants and what a strange program yeah I do want to thank all of you who are listening who tolerate our our dialogue here <laughs> as we just really kind of work through things well, not I think, work through but just well we, we jumped on the wind of the spirit and I think we're saying what we're supposed to say but yeah, I think it's time now for you to go to the organ and play. and I'll, <laughs> Or maybe I'll go to the organ and you call people to the altar. <laughs> and you ask those that are laden with sin to come and kneel. There's room at the cross. And I never, ever meant to imply that I, I don't deal with sin. I mean, we all, anything that keeps us from him, anything that stands in place of yeah. our identity and our function in him. You think about what the enemy's tried to do recently. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I should be praying every day, but I'm so tired, you know. And that's why when I talk about dealing with distractions, it's not like I'm distracted not to pray. It's I can feel the enemy like trying to steal my focus. And um, I, I, I just... I, I apply the blood, I apply, I apply the spirit of judgment and burning, I apply all those things because I know it's the enemy. Yeah. And I know if it's happening to me, it's got to be happening to some other people. And so, and it may be, like you say, I mean, really, we're on the precipice of some incredible breakthrough. You know, we've been talking a lot about understanding and, and, and wisdom and really moving in that in the days ahead and I think it's going to really require our utmost focus and attention and um, yeah, commitment you know, and I think that's probably what Daniel when he yadad with God about his sin and the sin of the people it was about this very thing Yeah, am I fulfilling what you want from me and how did your people not fulfill that forgive us of that yeah. and help us to meet that that's a big thing it's not just a, a thing you do with a quick genuflect and a three Hail Marys and you know it's it's. I've got to do this right we've got to do this right the reason we're in Babylon is we didn't do what you said to do yeah and totally and too I I mentioned this on Sunday morning just briefly that I had a conversation with one of our saints that's in another city, another state, and, and she was talking about how she, she can't wait to get here to pray. And, and my response to her is, you know, the Lord's here. He's waiting for you. We're so excited to have you. Because it's been a while since the saints have actually been able to gather here, and I get it. I mean, there's something very special about this time of gathering, and the saints to all to be together and in this atmosphere of intercession and the green carpet people talk about the green carpet and I know there's validity to that and please hear my heart I mean I know I live around the corner from the church so it's it's almost like I'm a, it's hard for me to even address this but my point is is she said I said 
the Lord's here and and really referring to it's going to be really an incredible time and then my next thought and this is how I responded was but he's there where you are too and she said yes but it's just difficult it's more difficult to focus it's so much easier to focus when I'm there yeah. And so I do know that there's something God's going to give to us, to all of us that are standing in different locations, whether you're here, whether you're in another country, another state. He's going to give you a resolve that when you go back, there's going to be such discipline and such focus for you to stand in the terrier where he's placed you and welcome him and commune with him and function in him in ways that we've not known. I really believe that. I mean, Dallas is wonderful, and I'm so thankful that God has planted me here. But there are pockets all around this state. There's pockets all around this country. There's pockets all around this world that are occupied by you, where he is just asking you to lift your hands and welcome his spirit and function in that terio. And and I just know that there's something he has for each one of you for where you're standing that's going to be remarkable. Amen. I think we should initiate a new program that you could host called the green carpet. What do you think? Well, I thought about because I was thinking about doing like sweatshirts or hoodies, you know, with the Saints Network on it. Something very simple. Maybe I could do them the color of a green carpet. That's right. You know what, what we could do? We, I have I have a, a roll of the carpet from the sanctuary from when they were recarpeting. We could cut up little swaths of it to send it's, it out to and people. And take it to people. And when they're proskuneoing, they could lay their head on that. And we could have George and Paula make a pillow and then stitch that <laughs> into it. And Listen, let's work I, on that. I don't ever. I do not ever. I never want to take it for granted. Because I mean, I even know what it's like for me and maybe for you pastor when when i'm able to go into france into places that are familiar where we've established his presence and worked with the saints in france or different nations and when i walk in i feel like i'm walking into home and 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 there's something very just special about that and so i i don't ever want to take home for granted because i listen i come to the sanctuary almost every day and uh, it, it's a very special place. Yeah, but I I agree with you though. What? We when we're in France or wherever we are, it's it's invigorating to lay on your face there and to feel the pull yeah. of the spirit. Yeah. And to communicate with the with the angelic that's there. And to see God move in the histeme. So it has its its bonuses. There, there have been, I, I, you know this, because we've traveled a lot together. There are many times when I would get on that plane and I'd think, I am so glad to be getting out of here for a little while. <laughs> you just, know what it is? Just it's to, purpose. Just to get, well, that plus, just, just to come out from under the the pressure of, of being here in this place um, but it's it's all God, it is purpose it is, it's it's wherever he has you is, yeah. he's going to meet you there and and there's purpose there and now granted it's it's more difficult in some places than it is for other, in other places but everybody thinks it's just, you know, the glory cloud just rests upon us all the time and right. I'm going to tell you folks <laughs> yeah so anyway, we look forward to, we have one minute left. We look forward to welcoming all of you. Look for a directive uh, for First Saturday and um, be sensitive to the spirit about what God would require of you leading up to the, to the gathering at the feast seminar. We will, if the Lord says something specific that we could offer this Sunday, uh, I know it's a holiday weekend, but we'll we'll do that um, tomorrow, Wednesday night live. And um, we also would ask you to be in prayer tomorrow uh, for Anna in Sao Paulo. She said that it could, the the cesarean could happen anywhere between nine o'clock their time. Uh, 
on. It's it it's kind of nebulous there, as you can understand. Even times in hospitals here, they say, oh, we're going to do this at 9. Well, good luck getting that time frame. It could be, well, the doctor was late. He had this. He had that. He didn't get his coffee at Starbucks, spilled it on his shirt, had to go back home and change. You know, you just don't know. But let's be in prayer for them. They're excited, and we're all excited for them, for, as you referenced earlier, the birth of little Sarah. And can we continue to rejoice with our brother Winford um, as he is making miraculous recovery from that attack that came in the form of a stroke? And um, so, and we release the blessing of the Lord to you. These are days of his visitation and days of miracles. So, whatever it is you need, we release that efficacy from our Lord to you Amen. now. Amen? Amen. So, God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. You, anything further you want to say? No. Goodbye. Y'all come back now. You hear? Goodbye. <laughs>